Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. This week, we discuss Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's baby nursery, gorgeous design ideas from around the world. I want all of these for my apartment. Plus, how long should you hold on to that mattress? What about pillows? Eric takes our quiz on expiration dates of bedroom items and our real estate winners and losers for the week. All this and more coming up. So here we are back in the studio. My name is Natalie Way, and I'm joined here with my very special co-hosts, Eric Gunther and Rachel Stoltz. And we are joined here by Judy Dutton, who is our special guest editor as well. One of the biggest news stories of this week was Megan and Harry announced that they are having a baby. Yay! We're happy for them. Oh, so cute. (laughs) Um, So, you know, how that pertains to us, how that pertains to real estate. We want to know what Megan's nursery is going to look like. Their baby's nursery is going to look like. And um, I don't know. Do you guys have any wagers? What's it going to look like? Well, we might have a pretty good idea based on her decor style in the past, right? Right. So we did an article right after the wedding. I don't know. Did Were you responsible for that article, Natalie? I was responsible for that article. That was... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they uh right after they announced their engagement so everyone was just being introduced to the magical world of Meghan Markle and everyone was asking who the heck is she um so we did an article on her house that she owns in Toronto um she's since sold it because of course she moved over to the UK with her husband um but it's a beautiful Toronto home and she has a very specific decorating style um, very, I guess we would call it boho glam, you know, a lot of white, um, white paint, white walls, marble, um, marble sheepskin throws, lots of fresh flowers, lots mm-hmm. of like kind of rustic elements, um, lots of plants. Uh, I mean, one, one piece of decor that I think will for sure be in her kid's nursery is, um, our sheepskin throws. I mean, really? Well, they're soft, so like True. good for good for babies, good for small children. Yeah. Um, and she she had so many of these throws in her house, so there's guaranteed, and they're like super in style too. So I could see it happening. How much of a say do you think the royal family will get in the decor scheme, though? Well, that's what we were wondering, Judy. Do you? I mean, you've done a couple stories on the royals. Do you have a sense for how much weight? the higher ups are going to have on this? Oh, that's a really good question. I would like to think that their home is their home and they can decorate it how they want on the inside, Mm -hmm. at least. I mean, they can't maybe put streamers up outside their windows, (laughs) but um, in terms of what's in their house, I mean, the one, the one challenge might be that they want it to match the general architecture of the palace itself that they're in. So they might want to go for more traditional antique things. I mean, for example, all that California white puffy couch. I don't know how that's going to look inside Kensington Palace. I don't really know whether that's a good match. Right. I mean, maybe it's time for an update. 
I I would probably I would bet good money that it's time for an update inside Kensington <laughs> Palace. No disrespect to Kensington Palace, um, but yeah, I think I mean beyond beyond the sheepskin throws, I'm thinking like lots of fresh flowers. You know, in in her Toronto home, she had tons of peonies, which is her favorite flower. Like I love Meghan Markle, I do, but her her design taste is a little basic. A little basic. <laughs> What are we thinking in terms of a color scheme? Because I know that um, like mint green color was big at her wedding, but then I'm seeing her wearing a lot of peach and cream colors. That's very true. I could, I mean, it's a baby's room. I could see her going with a pastel. Um, mint is a nice gender neutral. So um, they could, they could start decorating early with that before they even find out the, the sex of the baby. Will they have a gender reveal party? <laughs> Oh dear. I don't know if that's a thing that the Royals do. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, maybe. I mean, Megan and Harry seem to be the more like relaxed down to earth couple. So maybe they're, no, they'll do what is commoners. (laughs) Yeah. Which would probably be no. I mean, I don't see it happening for them. And how much are, how much does a, one of those sheep's, uh, whatever, sheep's rugs throw, whatever you call them, those things? <laughs> how much does one of those, how, rugs how much does one of those cost? Well, of course it all depends on well, where you get it. Right. Because right. IKEA sells them for what, 10 bucks? A piece? <laughs> yeah. Shopping at IKEA. Hey, does, does Megan Markle shop at IKEA? Mm, I, I bet I, she does. I'm going to say yes. Yes. Well, the, She's a the princess of the people. Yeah, but the beautiful part is she probably has people to put it together for her. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't have to worry about right. Those. Even the sheepskin rug. <laughs> <laughs> so how much? How much is a sheepskin rug? Like I'm just curious. Is it? Uh, is that an expensive okay. item or thirty bucks? Thirty bucks. Yeah, I just looked it up. So it's thirty bucks at IKEA. Okay. For a sheepskin. Very interested in buying one, aren't you? Well, I, is I, that, I, the, is I want... that the real? Because there's IKEA has one that's like faux sheepskin, and then one mm. that's like more expensive mm. which i'm presuming is real sheepskin i don't know yeah well i'm just curious yeah. i mean i i don't i don't foresee myself getting a sheepskin rug but uh you know i just was curious how much it costs bloomingdale's has one that costs 145 and it's from ugg so oh. if you want <laughs> <laughs> to go with my boots <laughs> to, go, to go with your boots and your hot and spice latte <laughs> okay all right <laughs> Switching gears to another design story that we talked about this week is um, a story that Rachel, that you edited, that you worked on um, about gorgeous design ideas from around the world. So what sort of tips um, do you have to share with us? Yeah, I really loved this one because all the ideas were so beautiful and colorful and pretty unique. And um, we took a look at the, the different decor and design ideas that other countries are doing and that we would like to bring here. Some of them are already here. Um, It's not necessarily all new, but some of them are things that I would love to try in my uh, own home. Mm. So I just wanted to go through them with you guys and see what you think. Um, And I mean, we all know that American decor is already kind of this hodgepodge of inspirations. Yeah. Mid-century modern clearly did not start here. And we have lots of mm-hmm. Scandinavian influences right now. That's really big. So um, we wanted mm-hmm. to kind of look beyond that and see what other countries um, we can look at. And uh, we started in the Ukraine, which I thought was really interesting and found that 
um, unprocessed natural textures are trending there. So like clay ceilings in particular. Yeah, they're really into that. And the designers told us that um, they don't like to process the textures because it's important to feel the warmth of the unprocessed wood or the light coldness of the real stone from the bank of the mountain river, Mm. which was a really eloquent way to put it. And it sounds really beautiful. Yeah, that I mean, it's giving me some serious uh, Frank Lloyd Wright organic (laughs) architecture vibes. I mean, that, you know, that's kind of what the organic architecture movement was about was building stuff in place yeah. using the materials around you and using raw material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though this, you know, I'm sure this is very, this, this type of decor has been around for centuries and centuries. It, it feels very, yeah. Now, which I love. Right. About. Yeah. I would totally. Very of the moment. Um, mm-hmm. Next was Italy. Um, I mean, I love Italy. I love anything from Italy. Um, but Apparently, while we are all having kind of 90s nostalgia here, they are throwing back to the 70s Hmm. and bringing back some of those colors that we did away with, like um, moss green or like a mango color. And um, the way that they're pairing it is to make it look not quite as dated is to put it with really contemporary finishes and accents. So um, pair it with kind of Pair it with a modern minimal, minimalism, like clean white lines or simple black and white patterns, and it'll kind of the combo of retro and contemporary will make it look. So, are these bold cool. colors? I mean, would we consider these bold colors, or are, are they kind so. of neutral? They're not neutral. They're right? certainly not neutral. They're 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 hedging towards bold. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I I, I love yeah. the idea of a bold color. Yeah, on like walls, right? Are they are they primarily looking at walls? Are they looking at furniture is it kind of like all over the yeah place? i think we're talking paint colors and mm. then combining that with like more clean modern finishes sounds beautiful mm-hmm. you know i really like it yeah it's so much nicer because i'm sick to death of white white I paint know. and white rooms and it's like blah. or even gray gray is <laughs> so or i'm even tired of the accent wall yeah it's almost, it's like, okay, enough with the accent. Like you made your point. It's like, yeah. We get it. It's like, commit, people. It sounds like you're just tired in general, Judy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need to go take a nap, guys. Sick and tired. Go. Okay. Uh, so uh, what else, uh, what other foreign okay, This one's my favorite, you guys. Oh. I love this one. It's from Rwanda, and mm. it's called Imagongo. And it's, I think you guys have probably seen it. Like I saw the photo and I said, oh, I know this pattern. I just never knew what the name of it was. And I certainly didn't know that it was kind of a decor staple, but um, it's called Imagongo. And it's these really graphic, geometric, bold patterns with red or black, kind of the bold colors. And um, in Rwanda, the designers use them all over on the walls, on pottery, on canvas. and. you know, that's everything that American designers are loving these days. Bold, geometric look. So, I mean, if it's not here already, yeah, it will be I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Incorporate something a little different, a little bolder. And these patterns are, I think, gorgeous. I mean, especially, yeah, if you take a look at this story, uh, there's a picture of a wand and pattern that's just uh, mind-blowing. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. It really kind of transports you to another I, place, yeah. which... I like. I have a question about um, how imagongo is made traditionally. What is it traditionally made? Of? <laughs> nice segue, Natalie. Um, yeah, that. I guess this was <laughs> the most, the most uh, interesting part of it was that it traditionally is created using cow dung. 
Interesting. But you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to cover your walls and poop. That's okay. Um, if you prefer not to be that authentic, you can um, get these patterns that are painted with oils or etched mm-hmm. into clay. Right. So you don't want to mix the Ukrainian with the Rwandan. <laughs> What? And use the natural material. <laughs> yeah, I don't want unprocessed cow dung. Okay. Unprocessed cow dung. Okay. I prefer not. Interesting um, idea. Where, Rachel, where would someone find these Imigongo patterns today? Like if they were to, could they go to Wayfair? Like where, where can I buy these? Great um, question, Natalie. Is that, is, did I just, <laughs> stump, sorry. Pure one? In her mind. Is pure one pure around anymore? Yeah, uh, what's the Pier One? Um, not Whole Foods. What's the not not Whole Foods? Not Whole Foods. What's the not Home Goods? No, what's the other one? It's like the earthy other store. Crate and Barrel. Not Crate and Barrel. You guys, Pier. No, not Pier One. Already said that. (laughs) (sighs) It's not Home Goods. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's fine. Well, um, I think your question kind of speaks to how maybe new this trend is. I mean, this is why you want to steal it from another country because it's not already happening here. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't know that it is really prevalent in the big box stores or, you know, online. You can go to Etsy, though. I think I see lots of designs there, and um, maybe that's the most authentic way to do it, even. So yeah. you could be a, a trendsetter and start it and then maybe one day soon you'll see it in all the stores yep Being I love that. The curve. yeah i'm getting i'm jumping on that cool um yeah and then the next one i also love this is kind of tied for me and my top favorites um this is kuwait laser cut screens from kuwait and um we see these in other countries too like india um and throughout kind of the middle east but i love this look it's kind of already happening a lot maybe in southern california but it's um exactly what it sounds like it is uh laser cut screens that you can put up for privacy outside or you can include them inside as a barrier or a room divider separate an open floor plan um yeah room divider Mm -hmm. and it just kind of offers that separation of space without making you feel boxed in. And I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. And it plays with the light really well too, right? If you yeah. have, a, if you have nice lighting in your home, totally. it, it probably creates some interesting patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like those. <laughs> That's all yeah. I have to say. I really like, those I think they're too. just really pretty. I want one in my uh, tiny apartment that <laughs> really has no need to be separated out, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think they could, they obviously are a great solution for a tiny apartment, but also a, a big house. I mean, the yeah, photo you open floor plan, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any giant mm-hmm. room. Maybe the, uh, maybe Harry and Megan should look yeah. at this one. Yeah. For, for, that's Kens- a good for idea. Kensington Palace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> The last okay. The last one is friendly minimalism from Japan. This isn't one specific decor design feature, but it's just kind of a look, and it takes that stark Scandinavian minim, minim, I cannot say that minimalism. The stark Scandinavian minimalism that we've been seeing, and it adds kind of a warm, friendly touch to it. It makes it a little bit more cozy. So it's all about adding natural elements to a space that is still um right 
So it's the it's that gray, white, kind of basic, not a lot of adornment, but then using wood or some other natural material to kind of liven it up a bit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I like it. I dig it. I, I see the photo. and I think minimalism appeals to all of us on some level. Is whenever we go home, we see a bunch of stuff in our house. We say, wow, I'd like to just downsize and get rid of all the clutter and go minimalist but mm-hmm. it's very hard to keep up i would imagine it's a little easier said than done yes but it's and it's hard to it's hard to achieve minimalism without making it look stark right. and and sterile so this this is definitely a good way to bridge those yep I yeah agree. yeah take a go to realtor.com and check out this story and all the beautiful photos with it and i'm eager to try some of these looks myself yes yeah absolutely So Judy, you mentioned that you may need a nap, which actually kind of relates to the next story that we talked about or that we're going to talk about. You edited a story this week on um, the expiration dates of bedroom items. And this is actually really interesting because a lot of us hold on to those things, myself included. Um, So we thought it would be fun to test Eric Gunther. I think testing Eric Gunther is one of our favorites. (laughs) It's a new segment. Okay. (laughs) It's a new segment. I'm ready. Judy, um, before we dive in, would you like to give us a little background on how you thought of this story? I mean, sure, sure. So everyone knows that certain things in their house have expiration dates, like the eggs in their fridge Mm -hmm. or the cereal after you've opened it. All these things have expiration dates. But it turns out that Everything in your home has an expiration date, even the furniture, even your blankets, even your mattresses. This, is, this is kind of starting to gross me out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. It's a little sad because I, it, but you know, it's good to know. It's good to know because if you move past the expiration date on some of these items, they can stop working as well as they mm. should. So, you know, we've, we've tackled, we kind of tackle things room by room. We've done things in the kitchen, like how long does a cast iron skillet last? How long does a cutting board last? And so we moved on to bedrooms and bedrooms. The big question I think is that most of us have a mattress. And so how long does a mattress last? I mean, it doesn't last forever. If you ask my parents, they would tell you it does. <laughs> this is, a, this is close to my heart. Every time I go visit my parents, they have all the same mattresses that they've had their my entire life, and it's it's a nightmare. I can't sleep; my back hurts every time I get out. So, yeah, they're definitely breaking this expiration rule for sure. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of the same situation in my house as well. I definitely had the same mattress that I grew up on as a child, brought it to college, brought it back home. (laughs) So like, it's been places. It's seen things. That's a mile. (laughs) The way family. Yeah. That mattress. Whoa, Rachel. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Not that, but it does sound well-traveled. So let's figure out, um, let's test Eric Gunther to see if he knows how long these bedroom items last. Yes, please. So Eric. And Eric, sure. you have not read How the story, correct? You were coming story. in with no prior no, knowledge. I, I, no, I... I oh, yeah. yes. Okay, Eric, how long does a mattress last? 
Oh, so there, this is open-ended. Uh, I, <laughs> I would no multiple choice here. Yeah, no multiple choice. I would guess fifteen years. So our experts say okay. ten years. Actually, ten years is the recommended amount of time to hold on to and then ditch okay. your mattress. Um, how long does a mattress pad last? The mattress pad is the item that goes over your mattress under the sheet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Kind of it. Ooh, and, and the mattress pad is supposed to be soft, like kind of a... Yeah, sometimes they vary in thickness, okay. but yeah, All it's right. usually um, a soft covering. Yeah, I would guess maybe for the mattress pad, then maybe you'd want to change that out every five to seven years. Two yeah. to four years is what our I'm experts always, say. Wrong. Wrong. Price is right rules. You keep losing. I know. I'm going over on all these. All right. So uh, oh, should we do? Let's do price sorry. is right rules. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll give us one year for everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> $1. No. $1. Okay. <laughs> okay. How long do pillows Ooh, last? This is a tough one. I, I I don't know how long I've had my mattress, but I know I've had my pillows for a long time. Ew. And I know that that's troublesome for most. It's very uh, troublesome. <laughs> um, I guess that I'm guessing that the experts would say probably you'd want to switch out your pillows every five years. <laughs> Over again. Oh, Over no. Over again? Oh. <laughs> uh, about uh, a year or yeah. two is. Well, is one another reason why? Uh, well, no, I mean, I I know all the stories about you know the things that live in your pillow, the little mites or whatever that get you know, <laughs> get in there, right? I mean, is that the is that the reason? It is right, Judy, right? Dust mites and yes, yeah, right, right. But you know, the nice thing is that there's a way you can test your pillow to see if it's okay. gotta go, what? if it's time to go. So basically, fold your yes. pillow in half. And if it bounces back to its regular shape, okay. it's a keeper. It means it's still got some okay. life left in it. But if you fold your pillow and it just kind of saggly sits uh, there, I'm in trouble. Then it's time, <laughs> yeah, time to go. Saggy pillow. I mean, I know yeah. my pillows are. I'm sorry to say, older than five years. But but uh, <laughs> I I know if I did that test when I got home, it wouldn't be a. Uh, a saggy because I like a firmer pillow. And what happens if I find a pillow I really love? I mean, that's it's messed up. That's true. Or like a, te- a temper pedic that might not boing back yeah. into shape. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm guessing that this test is not foolproof. Uh, the end, the end all be all. Or no, it's just it's a, it's rule, a rule of thumb. Of thumb. Okay. But you know the yeah exactly. But the other nice thing is that. You can wash your pillows to make okay. them last longer. Maybe. So and be less hope. gross. Right. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll get on that hot hot water wash <laughs> right when I get home. <laughs> awesome. And speaking of hot yes. water wash, we should move on to the next Tell item. Uh, how long, Eric? How long do bed sheets Ooh, last until they are ripped? <laughs> We'll need that answer in a no. numerical form, please. Yes, yeah, so in, in, in a number. Um, I'm, sheets probably, I would guess, two years. Um, okay, I, I know you went conservative yeah. on this, and the answer is actually what? five to eight years or longer with wow. care. So you were actually kind of right in the beginning. Okay, until um, they rip. So you, you, you go till the wheels fall off. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Eric, next one. How long do hampers last? Hampers. Oh, God. Uh, 
I thought forever. I, yeah, I guess it depends on the hamper and the construction of the hamper. I would guess. And well, what goes in the hamper? Geez. Now you're getting yeah. to the tough question. All right. I'm, I'm guessing a hamper probably has a shelf life of about 10 years. <gasps> oh, my gosh. You. Ding, ding, ding. No, ding, I did not cheat. cheat. Rachel can verify. <laughs> I, I'm not looking at the article. No. Okay. But and the one thing on that is that um, you should wash them, right. which I bet a lot of people don't do. Yeah. Wait, wow. really? Um, to make it last longer, well, uh, you should wash a hamper monthly. Wow. You've Imagine all you the know. dirty clothes in there You've day got- after day. No, it's it's so true. It's just another thing that we get to think about and be grossed <laughs> yeah, out about. You've got a chore for yourself when you get home. I do. Can't wait. Okay. Next one. How long do curtains, curtains last? Uh, I don't, I, I don't have any curtains <laughs> in my house. Um, I have shades. So curtains, I mean, they're just such a hassle with all the dust and they, they're just big dust collectors. I would guess a curtain can last. So, I mean, depending on the fabric, I'm guessing a curtain can last upwards of a couple decades. We'll <laughs> consider that a, a ding, right, ding, I'll ding. Take a ding, ding, um, ding. Yeah. 15 years or more um curtains can last and of course it all depends on how well you take care of them how hard the sun hits them you know how much Mm -hmm. dust is on them how well you take care of them the upkeep yeah whether you have pets whether you have pets so uh got two out of what how did i do you got two out of so eric you got two out of six that's pretty bad tracks with my past school record yeah so that's that's all right no. Sounds like you need to be washing and um, replacing more things at home. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like we all yes. need to be washing and replacing <laughs> more stuff at home. Yeah. Yes, I'm thoroughly disgusted now and Thank you, don't Natalie. want to go home. So thanks for that. Okay, so here on Realtor.com, we like to talk about real estate winners and real estate losers. And one particular loser of the week um, that we saw is Kyrie Irving. Eric, can you tell us about poor Kyrie Irving and why he's well, a loser? Let, yeah, let's not, <laughs> let's not call him poor Kyrie Irving. I will call him our loser, loser of the week in terms of celebrity real estate, but uh, he's doing okay. He'll get by. Um. Yeah, I, I guess I needed to clarify He's not a loser in life. He's a loser yeah, in real and, estate. And in this particular transaction, uh, to be specific, he had an Ohio home that he bought in, I believe it's 2015, uh, when he was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was a home in, it's in Westlake, Ohio. He bought it from a guy who played for the Cavs prior to Irving's arrival. And he bought it from him in 2014, to be exact, for $800,000. Kyrie, you know, plays with LeBron. They end up winning a ring in Cleveland. Everything's good. And then Kyrie says, I'm out of here. You know, there was a whole drama with him and LeBron and he wanted to get out of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. So he was traded to the Boston Mm -hmm. Celtics prior to the 2017 season. And he then had put the house on the market. He didn't have a need for a home in Cleveland or near Cleveland anymore in Ohio. And he put it up on the market. He had bought it for eight hundred thousand in two thousand fourteen. He put it on the market in two thousand seventeen for one point seven million. So he was hoping to double his mm-hmm. money. He was hoping uh, that he could really uh, flip this house and uh, make some cash on the on the deal. It's a nice house. It's uh, got a recording studio. It's got pretty much all the baller type accessories. It's 
a beautiful house. Uh, nobody nibbled. Um, he dropped the price. He wound up dropping the price to $1.17 million in July of this year. So it had been on the market already for, I believe, uh, 10 months, and then they dropped the price. Uh, the sad news, uh, though, for him is that uh, that 1.17 wasn't even close to what he got. He sold it uh, just a couple weeks ago for 755000 so less less than he no. even paid for it. Wow. So, um, <gasps> yeah, it, it, it's a tough deal. I think uh, this particular area, it's, it's an... It's in a nice area of Ohio, and the the house, like I say, itself is a beautiful house. It's just that the market uh, was not there in terms of uh, him getting his price. So he ended up, uh, and I I mean, I think, you know, once once an NBA player or NFL player, MLB, whatever, a pro athlete moves on, it becomes a bit of a distressed property because they, you know, it's obvious they don't want it. They're not coming back. so. At some point, I think they're just ready to be done with it. And it sounds like he was ready to be done with it and just sold it for when he got an offer. Um, So, yeah, uh, sadly, Kyrie uh, on the court, winner, owner of an NBA championship ring, but uh, off the court this week, a real estate loser. We also had a winner of the week, and it's someone that we've probably all heard of. Bruce Willis is our winner of the week. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, let's not let's not go too crazy here. It's it's a qualified winner. <laughs> We're like um, so happy for Bruce. It's sweet, but let's let's qualify this winner. Uh, Bruce kind of ran into a problem like Kyrie Irving, but on a much larger scale and a much longer time frame. He had a house in Ohio, Idaho. I'm sorry, Idaho, a ranch in Idaho, and it is. Uh, he's had that place on the market since 2011. We did a story, and he when he put it on in 2011, he put it on for 15 million dollars. We did a story uh, following up on it in 2016. Five years later, the cho- the price had been chopped by more than 50 percent, down to about six and a half million. And uh, mm-hmm. even still, nobody nibbled on this place. It's, again, a beautiful home. Don't get us wrong. It's not that it's a distressed property. It's not that the fixtures that are removed from the walls. It's a beautiful home. Basically, they priced it too high to the market uh, when they first went out at $15 million, And then they were playing catch-up. And this week, glory be, the angels uh, descended. The lights opened up. Everything <laughs> happened. There you go. Thank you, Natalie. Um, he sold the darn place, and it sold for $5.5 million, which is a, a fraction of the original price. Uh, the Wall Street Journal had the story today. Um, so congrats to Bruce for finally selling it. It's, it wasn't $15 million, but after seven years, he finally sold his Idaho home. Yay, Bruce. $15 million down to $5.5. I would Still say. Still a winner. I, I call him a winner. I mean, seven years having this thing, carrying this on your balance sheet and then now it's off you guys thank you so much for joining me this week um i had a fantastic time talking with you guys thank you natalie and um if you listener want to check out any of these stories that we talked about go to realtor.com slash news and you can find all of our stories the ones that we talked about plus more celebrity news advice stories um winners and losers unique real estate and uh, even some great videos. Thanks, guys. That's it for House Party this week. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. 